Good morning and welcome to this meeting. A, a meeting uh, that is done in what we call as the Youth Month. We appreciate what has been done by President of the Republic of South Africa, His Excellency Cyril Ramaphosa, in appointing as a CEO one of our entities, CIBD, Mr. Bongani. Is it Laza? Yeah, but Mr. Bongani, who is a young person at the age of 32. The reality is that the country's population is getting younger and younger each day. The average age of those that are in our country are young people. So for an appointment of a young person, I think we are in the right direction. I think we all know that uh, Mr. Bongani has been there acting after the CEO passed on at the helm of CIPT. And again, he was there even before he passed on. So it's a young person with experience who has joined that. It's not someone who is new, maybe from another department, but it's someone who has been at the helm of that entity obtaining uh, the audit outcomes that are so good, as we know that it's one of the entities that Recording is Recording in progress. So we, we congratulate him and welcome him in the fold of DPWI and its entities. Today, honorable members, we are here to get an update or report on the refurbishments of the parliamentary villages and again, an update report on what is happening on the telecom towers. I think honorable members will remember that our first oversight visit when we came in in 2019 in August, uh, Telcom Towers in Kiptoria was one of the buildings that we wanted, we visited then. And we were not happy with what was being done at the time, knowing fully well where is that project coming from and the amount of money that has been spent at that time. It is now 2022, no longer 2019. So we want to understand what is happening there. Uh, and also what we saw in the villages and what we were told is going to happen in the villages. So today we are here to get an update on those uh, reports because even here in the parliamentary villages, as the portfolio committee, we did oversight a visit uh, emanating from reports that we're getting and complaints all over of, of the state of some of the houses that the members are staying in. We did a uh, visit and we saw, um, but we also saw that there is a project that is currently running. With those few words, honorable members, TM uh, and your team, we welcome you in the meeting. Uh, Ms. Martinez um, uh, is assisting um, the ad hoc committee 
on looking at the floods that uh, destroyed many uh, buildings, houses in our country, especially in KZN and Eastern Cape. So she is part of that team. I understand that it is going to Eastern Cape today, so she's not in. We have Miss Madia, who is here to assist us. I think she's the one on the screen that we can see. Can you please uh, fly to the, the agenda? Ms. Madia, as, as she's doing that, we can also um, acknowledge the, the apology that we received uh, from Minister uh, who is not well. Um, and again, uh, do you have any apology, Ms. Madia? Um, aside from the minister chair, there's no further apologies. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Thank you. Let's also welcome back Miss um, Inez, uh, who has not been well uh, in the last few weeks, but today she is here with us. Uh, we are then sure that. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. This is not. Uh, this is not our agenda. Um, Sarichi, can I ask um, Sita Pisa to please um, flight the agenda because this is the only one that I um, I think was sent to me by <laughs> Inira. Uh, we, we, we do have the agenda. Um, Honourable members. Oganye, is Tabi, is Tabi in? Yes, good morning, Chair. Uh, I was you... just talking to one of our colleagues now. Can you can you can you share the agenda on our? Yeah, I also do have it, yes. but uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Good morning, Chair. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I was just talking to Khadija earlier that I am also experiencing technical technical glitches with my laptop. It's not working at all, so I'm operating from myself. Okay, uh, but honourable members, our. Agenda today, we are going to deal with the two items that are mentioned in my welcoming remarks, a report on the um, telecom towers, a report on the parliamentary villages um, project. So those are the two items that we're going to start, we're going to deal with in today's meeting. I am not good to get in, in the issue of uh, this one. For me to share the agenda, I, I, I won't be able to. Um, let's let's invite uh, DM. I know I have seen that even acting DG is here. DM, over to you. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, Honorable Chairperson. I don't know what's happening in my video because it's on on my side but i don't see uh, the picture um honorable chair good morning to your good self to the honorable members uh, of the portfolio committee uh, acting dg and his team together with uh, the support team from parliament and our guests um Thank you, thank you very much for 
having us this morning, ensuring that um, indeed we give meaning to our democracy, that of keeping um, authorities accountable uh, for the work that they do and the commitments that they have made. We don't take this work lightly um, and, and thus appreciate it. Um, further to that, uh, um, Honorable Chair, yesterday we were at uh, uh, Saldana Bay to, to conduct the very oversight that uh, the Honorable Members uh, are, are doing on us. Uh, doing it on our officials who were charged with the upgrade of the 13 uh, proclaimed um, small arbors. And I, I must say that I was excited when I saw how much of uh, excitement uh, communities um, in that part of our country were excited, the, the level of their own um, excitement made us feel good in that uh, 925 jobs were, were created and one uh, female uh, SMME, fem female-owned company of uh, SMME, uh, that was quite uh, overjoyed because exposure to that uh, small uh, work that she was doing uh, has enabled her to now clinch another um, contract which is bigger than the contract she was having um, in, in another department, which for us uh, talks to uh, our resolve to make South Africa work through public works. We may be experiencing problems here and there, but I think the reports um, will indicate that we are hard at work to deal with the economic challenges we find our country in, especially with respect to job creation, um, which to address the high unemployment uh, rate. Chair, I am understanding that uh, Minister fell very ill yesterday as we were coming from there. In fact, she became worse when we were in Saldana to a point she had to go straight to the doctor. Um, I would want to also add her apology, but also indicating that uh, uh, out of that, I'm going to have to multitask because also the select committee uh, on, on economic uh, development and uh, public works is, is also meeting at 10 this morning. So I will be struggling between the two meetings, but we do have, the, as you indicated, Chair, uh, our acting DG on the platform and uh, presentations were sent on time uh, to the honorable members. Um, I, I think that rather than me uh, talking too much, the reports in themselves will kind of show um, and indicate the commitment we have uh, to contribute to South Africans uh, working. Um, I will, through the DG, through your, through your permission, Chair, uh, request the DG and his team 
to to continue with the presentations. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, DM, and we we note uh, what you are saying to us that you will have to juggle two meetings at the time. Uh, we 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 hope that you, you will be able to do so um, in the absence of the minister. Um, but with with acting DG also here, would, that that would be good. But we are happy that you are here with us. Then. Uh, Acting DG and your team. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. And a good uh, morning to the members of the committee and also to my colleagues uh, in Parliament and also in the department. Chairperson, you have directed that we actually provide a briefing to the committee on the telecom towers and our plan to migrate the subs into the telecom towers and also to look at the parliamentary villages and the governance thereof as well as the status and maintenance of, of that. At the outset, Chair, we have to admit and accept that uh, the Telecom Towers project has been significantly delayed and has suffered uh, inordinate delays, uh, which have now prompted us to uh, work in tandem with SAPS uh, in as far as uh, getting our act together uh, to ensure that the migration process can be finalized. We have ran into a bit of challenges after the phase one of the project. As we do speak today, SAPs are occupying one tower uh, in that cluster of uh, buildings. And uh, this uh, uh, tower uh, was uh, prepared and, uh, for SAPs to move in. We are working on uh, phase two in terms of migration to the other buildings as well as uh, to the second tower and with the challenges that we have now picked up from the second tower they require uh, refurbishments and uh, also a uh, work to be done uh, two key critical things are a big challenge the one is uh, the age vac system as well as uh, also the identified dampness uh, that is found in the second tower which would not be suitable for uh, immediate utilization and there has not been forthcoming confirmations of project funding to be able to execute that part. And this has delayed uh, the migration significantly. I will, however, request that uh, our DDG for construction project management that we present uh, to the committee and shows what the cluster looks like and what we have done up until now and what still needs to be done and what is our plan going forward uh, with SAPS. We have noted uh, the concerns that SAPS have raised uh, in as far as the, their current occupation of the of phase one, and those uh, we are dealing with them as part of our uh, total facilities management program. And we are also looking at uh, uh, getting it to the requisite standard uh, that uh, 
subs require. There are little irritations of where the location of plugs and where uh, sources of power should be at and uh, other related aspects that uh, subs once uh, addressed and that we are attending to. Our biggest price, obviously, is on finalization of the migration plan. And we have now agreed that the only best solution may be the provision uh, of the second tower for purposes of a refurbish operate and transfer program, and thereby allowing for private sector funding uh, to be utilized uh, so that we can fast track uh, the process of getting the towers ready uh, and of getting the entire cluster functional and where subs can then have as their own campus uh, within the CBD of Pretoria. And with your indulgence, Chair, I would request that we allow uh, Mr. Mohotu, our DDG for construction project management to uh, present uh, to the committee. Thank you. Uh, Good morning, uh, Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Members, Honorable DM, DG, and uh, colleagues. Um, I have been requested to give a presentation on uh, the, the Telcom Towers. Our presentation is about um, uh, 22 slides. Uh, with your permission, Honorable Chair, I'm going to um, go through the presentation and uh, and give uh, a highlight of the key the key aspects um, around uh, this particular project. Um, if we move to slide number four, uh, slide number four gives a an overview of this particular complex, being the uh, Telcom Towers complex. It uh, consists of uh, a number of, of towers, um, including on the northern block, the uh, Telcom Towers West. Then uh, we have the Telcom Towers North, the Telcom Towers East, and then we have the Annex and the PR uh, building situated in the northern side. And on the southern side of the complex, we have the Telcom Towers South IT building, PR building, uh, central building and uh, Somerset uh, uh, house. All of these buildings, in terms of the migration of subs, have been programmed in a phased approach, and each particular phase is linked with uh, private sector leases, which with time are being uh, eradicated, where the department then with time, with this phasing, uh, realizes savings uh, that will then be, be made. When we move to the next slide, we highlight the aspect around uh, the total accommodation of, of the complex itself. It is uh, in excess of uh, uh, 279,000 uh, square meters, which is a, a very big, a big complex. And uh, at the time uh, of the feasibility study, we had uh, anticipated that the Telcom Towers North will be phase one, and then uh, the Telcom Towers East will be phase two, the Annex will then be phase two, the West Wing 
also be part of the phase two of the migration. Then the Telkom Towers South will form part of the uh, phase three. The IT uh, building will form part of phase four. The PR building will form part of uh, the uh, phase five. Somerset House Central Building will then come a bit later. However, we have uh, since um, optimized the migration uh, in terms of the engagements that we've had between ourselves and SUPS and uh, the the demands and uh, the requests that SUPS have subsequently uh, made, where we had then put up in front the issue around uh, Telecom Towers North, Annex Building, and uh, as recent as May of 2021, when we received a letter from SUPS to prioritize the IT building, which was on the fifth, on the sixth uh, level, we had to put it uh, forward, um, which we are currently dealing with it uh, at the moment as we speak uh, because of the needs of, of the client. If we move to slide number um, nine, Slide number nine, honorable members, gives us a, a timeline. And as it has been introduced by the acting DG, that uh, we, we really regret that uh, this project has taken far too long. As we can see that the feasibility study of the planning took place in uh, some time in June of 2015, where the study was then concluded. Uh, following that, the... Uh, property was then uh, transferred and registered under government in uh, April of 2016 from uh, Telcom. And then subsequent to that, the phasing that we had then initiated with SAPS uh, commenced, where in uh, the November of uh, 2018, we commenced with the Telcom Towers North uh, project as far as the uh, service being registered and uh, the following aspects uh, are now of the details around the project whereby in 2018 the dbsa was, was appointed as the implementing agent and the dbsa appointed um, uh, psps they appointed led africa uh, in september of 2018 to do the planning and the designs. And then following the planning of and the design phases, uh, they appointed a, a contractor by the name of Ruacon in April of 2019. And the site was then handed over for this particular phase of Telcom Towers North in the, the June of 2018. And the site, site was then handed over then. The scope of work was... Uh, in particular to address the issues that were identified in the feasibility study, whereby the age of the HVAC of the uh, complex itself had to be uh, looked at and, uh, and, re and considered for purpose of, of making sure that it's compliant. Then the scope of work also looked at the electrical compliance and all the mechanical fire-related compliance, which are statutory compliance uh, required by, by the city. Those were also dealt with. And as part of the project progress, uh, we had to ensure that uh, plans were submitted 
uh, accordingly due to process to the city of Tswane. And also the city of Tswane had to endorse the completion of these uh, specific items in the scope of work before the practical completion uh, would then be issued for occupation purposes. The uh, project uh, was initially planned to be completed in April of uh, 2022. However, there were a number of delays that were experienced during the construction phase of this particular uh, project. Uh, to highlight the, the challenges um, uh, and the details have been outlined in the presentation, but I wish to highlight just uh, two uh, main challenges that were experienced, that there were a number of disruptions due to the community itself, that in the beginning of the project, when the project was handed over, the uh, surrounding communities wanted to have participation within the project and wanted to have better understanding around the project and uh, the employment strategy. Then there were disruptions by the uh, PSC uh, that was appointed uh, to steer this, this particular uh, project. And the, the main issues around the PSC were around the SMME subcontractings uh, that were done and allocated for the project where there were a number of work packages that were selected and the PSC had an interest in the rates that uh, were being allocated to the uh, SMMEs, that they wanted the rates that should be uh, escalated um, and to be up above the market uh, rates. And uh, we, we had a lot of uh, interventions around this particular point, but it caused uh, a lot of delays. And lastly, there were delays with respect to the COVID-19. Um, under the COVID-19, we all understand that the lockdown was just for a short period of time, about a month. But the impact to the uh, value chain and the industry was that um, the, there was a shortage of steel um, uh, uh, through the industry because of the uh, backlog in the ordering. And uh, also there were some uh, ceiling boards that had to be uh, imported. And uh, uh, there were some logistical challenges at the harbor, which delayed the uh, delivery of these specific components. Uh, however, these were resolved. And uh, uh, the, the project, when we came to the portfolio committee in May of uh, last year, we were at 90%. And um, we had uh, then indicated to the portfolio committee that we will then complete this particular project um, uh, shortly after that. The, indeed, the uh, project was, was uh, completed as a practical completion was obtained uh, on the October. And uh, following that, in December, the works completion was then uh, obtained. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm done with the timelines, but it gives a, an overview of what uh, has been done uh, so far uh, with respect to, to, to the issue of the, the migrations. Honorable members, if we move to uh, slide number, number 11, before I go into the specific details that are project specific, 
it is important that we elevate the entire uh, planning uh, process and the strategy around the, the migration. Uh, it's not only about this particular phase where construction activities and money uh, has been spent, but the overall uh, uh, strategy and how it links, it is very important for us to, to contextualize it. So, honorable members, honorable chair, the migration uh, <clears throat> into Telcom Towers North Annex building and, and IT building is the first uh, fundamental uh, uh, approach that the two departments have taken. Um, and the impact of, of that is that uh, there are a number of leases that are linked to, to these uh, migrations. We have uh, uh, Presidia, we have uh, La Rochelle, we have uh, Opera Plaza and leases that are linked to, to, to these particular uh, migrations of telecom into the towers. And um, as uh, we have uh, indicated and outlined that uh, practical completion was obtained and, and delivered, and uh, the work completion was also obtained and delivered um, in December of 2022 for, for the first uh, tower. Uh, the uh, other tower, which is the annex building, um, it had uh, water ingress uh, that were identified and uh, the water ingress has to be dealt with uh, in order to, to make sure that when SUPS moves their documents into the cupboards that have been uh, identified there, um, that we do not have any issues of damages. So it became very critical for us to uh, then outline the issue of the water ingress um, uh, and the water ingress is as a result of um, joints that have uh, uh, reached their age due to wente. Uh, it's joints that are seen on the on the on the walls um, where water seeps into into the basement and along the walls, and those are being are being dealt with. Uh, in terms of the uh, completion of that aspect, we're currently in the in that process where uh, there's a planning and, and, and design aspects and uh, the implementation will then be realized in uh, April of 2023. This is for the, the, the annex building where the issues of water ingress. And then we have the IT building where we've got uh, a request that was made on the 14th of May of 2021 where SAPS have requested us to fast track this particular building. It used to be in phase six. Now we have to deal with it now. And with this particular uh, IT building, we, are, we have also progressed quite quickly given that we were given an instruction um, uh, uh, in, in May of uh, 2021. We have uh, uh, done the, the designs and, uh, and the planning aspects we had anticipated that it would be already out to the market by now, but we were delayed by the uh, constitutional court judgment, which came firstly sometime in February of this year. And then uh, there were directions from National Treasury around the uh, triple PFA uh, regulations that were issued in, in, in March. 
and uh, there was also a reversal of of the uh, directions where a communication was then issued on the 30th of May of 2021 to revert back to the 2017 PFA uh, procurement regime. And unfortunately, that uh, caused a bit of delay in ensuring that this project uh, gets implemented quickly, the IT building. The uh, completion of the implementation is anticipated to be in August of 2023. The the next uh, key item around this particular cluster of, of of buildings is that as we we speak, uh, we have been in contact with SAPS. They have indicated to me that uh, uh, Opera Plaza, uh, Presidia and La Rochelle have been uh, vacated and uh, they are, uh, we are in the you know, process of handing over these uh, particular uh, buildings between SAPS and uh, DPWI so that we, we get to a point where the leases can be officially terminated. Uh, the savings that will be realized will be in the order of uh, 3.4 um, billion rand. As, as uh, honourable members uh, note that we have indicated that uh, the Telkom Towers North is uh, is available and if we go and do an oversight, we will see that there are subs members occupying all the floors. Um, and uh, we are really pleased with uh, with that particular progress uh, that has been, been made, uh, where, where floors have been occupied from uh, the first to the 25th floor accordingly. In terms of honorable members, the, the migration of the other uh, uh, towers, because in the complex we have quite a number of buildings. Uh, we have the Telkom Towers West, Telkom Towers East, which is the, the, the towers that are earmarked uh, for the immediate uh, uh, future uh, planning. On the 18th of May, both the departments of Public Works and SAPS engaged through the Portfolio Committee of, of SUPS. And uh, part of that engagement was the matter of Telcom Towers. A, a commitment was then made that uh, DPD, uh, DPWI management will meet uh, on the 10th of June to uh, uh, finalize the uh, future migration uh, of, of SUPS and the leases that will then be linked and terminated towards towards this particular migration. And uh, SUPS and uh, DPWI management are meeting uh, on the 23rd of June in order to have concurrence of this migration plan. And the accounting officers of both the departments will then sign this off to ensure that uh, we have a register of it, and uh, we also monitor the milestones that have been committed to. I, I raise this particular point at this juncture because the uh, future uh, plans around Telcom Towers are dependent on financial viabilities, and the Department of Public Works has then sought a, a strategy to use the ROT model, which is the um, refurbish. Uh, operate and transfer model. With this model, 
it makes sure that we then bring forward all of these phases whereby we'll be using the private sector funding um, instead of using money from the fiscus and then money from the private sector gets utilized to refurbish and operate and then transfer back to government uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 the towers. And uh, we, we are really um, in, in, a, in a process currently where the ROT within the department is being, is being uh, fast-tracked that uh, through the uh, office of the accounting officer and the acting DG, that the implementation is, uh, is then realized immediately after uh, uh, the sign off uh, of this uh, migration on the 23rd of June of uh, this year. Going back to the um, uh, other aspects within the uh, presentation, I wish to highlight on uh, slide 21, the maintenance strategies that are taking place, uh, that there are three pillars of uh, maintenance strategies that are being embarked upon. Um, we have the, which is the uh, flagship, is the TFM uh, approach of the precinct, uh, whereby it is anticipated that implementation will start on, on uh, uh, or before October of 2022, where uh, it will be a full-on end-to-end uh, -end facilities management uh, approach. Uh, currently, we are managing the uh, complex through day-to-day -day maintenance and also support from the Pretoria Regional Office's uh, 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 workshops accordingly. We also have uh, a 1 million rent uh, delegation assigned to, to clients to deal with uh, uh, issues of, of maintenance. Uh, I, DG, uh, I wish to pause here. Uh, thank you, uh, Honorable Chairperson, for the opportunity. Uh, thank you, uh, thank you, thank you, Bato. Um, and members, we have two presentations today. I don't know whether we allow the second presentation or we deal with uh, with with telecom towers. We finish telecom towers and then we deal with, because they they not related. Uh, I can see hands. Honorable uh, Trouble. I propose to take another, the second one, so that we can discuss the whole. We discuss once and for all. Yes. Are the yes. hands also on, on the, are they on telecom towers or are they on this, uh, on how we deal with this? I can see three hands. Uh, Honorable Hicklin. Chair, uh, with your indulgence, I think there are two completely divergent issues, and I would propose that we deal with them separately, Chair. The, the, cha the challenge here, Honourable Members, is that are we going to manage time if we deal with them separately? Uh, knowing full well, uh, I know that uh, in course, I would say, uh, that you can um, deliberate and discuss a, a, a report um, taking all the time, knowing that we ought to be out of this meeting by 12 
and we also have a sitting a tree. So we, we need to seriously manage time if we're going to deal with these uh, two reports and, and differently. We need to seriously manage time. But uh, let me check, because for now I have two different views. Let me check, uh, Honorable Suisa, on, on the... Um, Thank, thank, on, how, on how on how we deal with the two reports, not uh, not on how we not on your questions on the report. Yeah, yeah, I'm on the reports, chair. Thank you, chair. I think we must do both reports, and then you must use the same strategy that you used the last time to to minimize uh, time of speaking because some of us will go for 15 minutes speaking. <laughs> so we can deal with both reports and then you apply the same strategy that you once used to say time allocation for each speaker is this. And then I think we'll be fine. We'll be okay. able to finish before okay. 12. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you, um, Honorable Sulisa. Let me take uh, uh, Honorable Members that we deal with the second report. But uh, we will allow when we are discussing the reports, like uh, maybe second round, uh, third round, if possible, if we're not yet satisfied on, on, on what is presented to us. Let, let's deal it like that. Thank you, honorable members. Can we then, uh, acting DG, get the second report on, on the refurbishment of the parliamentary villages? Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Chair. Without further delay, let me invite uh, uh, Chair with your indulgence and permission that um, Mr. Sazona uh, brief us about that. With him uh, would be uh, our colleagues from the Cape Town Regional Office who will also assist with inputs in this regard. So. If Chair agrees, I will hand over to Mr. Sazona to make a presentation to the committee. Hi, good morning, Chair. Um, the honorable members of the committee, the acting DG and the colleagues from Prestige and Parliament. Uh, Chair, um, I will want to get uh, into, also for the sake of time, and allow members to be able to ask as much questions as possible on both presentations. The background chain, it's gonna be, be quite brief when it can, goes on the background. All of us knows the origin of this project. However, chair is to note that this project is implemented by KUCHA. We requested to assist us with some, about six projects, critical projects that we needed to implement. And this was one of the projects that we requested them to, to help them. Getting into the financials chair of the project, um, so before I get into the projects chair, just to give you the project requirements at the time, it's about 245 units that we had to uh, refurbish. Uh, 120 of those units are in Goodwood, 56 of those projects are in Laboria Park, and 69 of those projects are in uh, Pelican Park. Just to recap, chair, um, the project, the units that are on the prefab, uh, uh, prefabs and under the servitude, those ones were not part of this project uh, simply because we had another project that we have registered that was looking at um, the demolition and the rebuilding of those of those units. The general scope uh, at a high level was the general building renovations, including uh, paintings, 
and um, also the refurbishment of the kitchen and bathrooms, doing also some electrical and electronic services upgrade and some structural work. Can I move clear? Uh, on the financial implications of this project to date, Chair, we have spent about 50.4 million, uh, breaking down, Chair, as follows. Uh, in the 2019-2020, we spent about 3.7 million, which was really only on the planning stage, which was the uh, cost that uh, we paid to the professional service team and the, uh, and, and the implementing agent. In 2020-2021, we spent about 10.5 million, which was only for a period of six months. And in 2021, 2022, we spent about 36.1 million, 36 million. Against now, we have now spent 50.4 against the budget of 105. Chair, again, just to reflect on this one, uh, the cost of the project, Chair, was about 89 million. That was the contractor. And the difference between the 105 million and 89 million was the consulting, cons the professional team fees, and, uh, and the implementing agent. Can I move in? Progress to date, Chair, in terms of the project. Uh, again, to recap, Chair, during the first phase, we experienced uh, uh, some, some, some challenges. Uh, one, with the contractor um, not having security clearance to start on time. We have problems of... Um, uh, of the units, not the worksmanship that was not um, uh, to the satisfactory of the members that has to go back. We had uh, another time, Chair, we took about 50 units, which we completed on the 11th of July under those difficult circumstances. Chair, you remember, again, we requested that between July and August, uh, we, we have a recess process where we started, Chair, to, um, to re-evaluate our strategy and our working together with the service provider we will also fast track some of the uh, security clearance and to ensure that there is a quality work that is done. We then started again in, in, in August, uh, and which we, we completed in September, sorry, which we completed in January, which is about 24 units, and uh, 22 units were completed on the 6th of May. We experienced some kind of delays in, in, in that period as well, Chair, as we are experiencing some other delays now which I will talk about them, Chair, when I'm talking on the challenges that we're experiencing. 18 units, we have commenced with those 18 units. We still require seven, uh, uh, seven units, which uh, members have not yet given us those units. Our anticipated date of completing uh, Acacia Park before we move into Laporia Park was on the 15th of June. Chair, as I'm sitting, we, we, we are not sure we'll be able to make now this, uh, this 15th June due to the challenges that I will be experiencing, Chair. Um, once we complete the Acacia Park, we will then be starting with the Laboria Park. These are a few of the challenges, Chair, that we are experiencing. One is still the issue of security clearance. Um, you will see, Chair, when I'm talking about the social economic report, that we have about 52 subcontractors that we have uh, uh, employed in this contract. Um, for us to get those subcontractors being uh, security cleared quicker by the SASA, SSA, uh, it's, it's a bit of a challenge. But we are working with, uh, with, with SSA to try to fast track that. The service provider is making some follow-up almost on a daily basis. Two other critical challenges, Chair, we have. One is units where we have re re relocated members to uh, temporarily while we are fixing their units. Those members have not moved back into their units. That is one challenge. 
And the second one is uh, members who are not moving out of the of the units uh, for us to get those units relo- relocated. Chair, I must mention that we, we, we did almost a similar presentation to the Chief Whoops Forum about two or three weeks ago. And uh, we had a support of the Chief Whoops Forum to engage with the members, with their members in various, in, in, in Acacia Park. And, um, and we hope uh, we have submitted the list to uh, Mrs. Poroto. And we, we hope that uh, with that intervention, we'll be able to deal with this issue. As I said, Chair, some of the some of the solutions of these problems is that we have submitted a list to to the to Ms. Poroto, who will be engaging with the chief group forums of different parties, and the contractor is constantly checking with the SSA on the status. And Chair, to prepare for Laboria Park, we had a meeting with the residents committee, where we put a plan and give the background of the project, and also how we wanted to execute the project in Laboria Park as a second as a, as a next stage. We had uh, tremendous support from uh, from the committee and their willingness to assist us to make the units available. We are working on a relocation plan, and once that relocation plan is complete, we will then communicate with the uh, with the members in those committees. Okay, we thought let us uh, bring this slide to uh, to the attention of the committee and and, and the members on what we're doing on the social economic impact of, of this project in, in, in the bigger scheme of, uh, of, of the challenges that our country faces. Currently, Chair, there are about 11 staff permanent members that the contractor has employed. We have subcontractors, uh, staff which includes uh, labor, which is about 54 uh, of that. The contractor's local labor skills and unskilled is about 34. And the total number of uh, labor employed in April was about 97. And we, 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 we do know, Chair, that there is a fluctuation in the construction industry depending on the services that are required at the time. That's why you will see these numbers not being consist, uh, consistent. But if we look at what has been employed since the start of the project, uh, it's about 176 uh, personnel that have been getting an opportunity of, of employment. In terms of uh, the SMMEs, uh, the project has about 22 small, uh, medium, and micro enterprise, uh, and at, as of April uh, 2022, the amount of money paid to those SMEs is about 16.8 million. We also have included in part of this program um, the EPWP National Youth Service, where we have taken youth uh, into a, a training initiative, and about 17 of these youth um, have been enrolled with soft and hard skills and about 15 of these youth have been employed in the technical and vocational training through the TVET colleges. Chair, um, these are images. Um, it's unfortunate, Chair, we wanted to put more images, but the, because of space uh, that the images take, we couldn't put more images. But Chair, just to give a, a, a glimpse of what, how it looks, this uh, E41 looked like before, the bathroom, and with the reconfiguration and refurbishment, uh, on the right-hand side, you then have the E41 uh, walk-in shower. And again, that is also through the request of that member. This has been a request that has been made to us over a period of time where other members were saying, rather, if we are unable to do the bathroom and the shower, rather do the, the, the walk-in shower, which is much more convenient than the bathroom. 
because of limitation limitation of space in other units, we are unable to do both. Um, but where we can, we are able to do uh, both of that. Chair, the project is at seven, for the seven percent, which is in line with the expenditure to date. And we are, um, as much as we have experienced some some challenges, but we are still on par with uh, what we we set to to achieve, and in terms of performance and time, quality of work chair has been has improved tremendously. Uh, in the meeting we had with the chief cooks forum uh, about two or three weeks back, um, some of the members who have vacated and came back uh, we, we were very commendable about the quality of work that has been that has been uh, done. We want to thank the members for the patience that uh, they have demonstrated to us over this period of inconvenience. Some of them have to go out for about three months uh, from their units. However, Chair, we are trying our best to ensure that we are delivering this project uh, on time and we, we also improve on the quality of work that we are doing. Um, uh, thank you very much, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Um, thank you, Mr. Sazona. Um, I now invite honorable members uh, for comments, questions. Um, Honorable Franz Kalveik, Honorable Suisa, Honorable Hicklin, Honorable Kramare, Honorable Shabalala, Honorable Mashele, Honorable Matebula. Uh, let me repeat the order. Honorable Franz Kalveik, Honorable Suisa, Honorable Hicklin, Honorable Kramare, Honorable Shabalala, Honorable Mashele, Honorable Matebula, in that order, please, uh, honorable members. Um, I think you can ask uh, questions in both presentations. Yeah. If I see that you are going for 15 minutes, I will stop you. I think let's start uh, by saying five for now. So when we go for the second round, it will be two minutes only. Over to you, members. Good morning, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And thank you very much for the presentations from the department. Uh, Chairperson, I'm going to start uh, by uh, greeting once more the Honourable uh, Deputy Minister, the members, as well as our staff and the departmental staff. Chair, when I look at the, the presentation of the Tiaukum Towers, I am extremely worried, Chairperson, because uh, when we look at the original uh, plan in terms of the six phases that needed to be uh, to be completed by April 2022 as a projected uh, completion date. And currently we see a completion only of phase one and the project already started uh, way back. 
I'm extremely concerned, Chairperson. So my question would be, Chairperson, when looking at the timelines now, when do they envisage to do the uh, completion of the whole six phases? And when looking at at, at uh, the delays, I uh, am sure that there's a lot of uh, budgets that, that's been uh, affected. So would they say that uh, the delays would mean that they need extra budget in terms of completing this whole project or what are they going to do in terms of, of addressing that issue? Then, Chair, when they say uh, uh, they, they uh, presented the slides on the floors occupied currently, then there are some uh, floors five and six that are currently empty. So we don't want to see the chairperson because we know that even if it's within a specific building, we know that uh, there might be some uh, problems that might arise through the, that emptiness of those buildings. So if they uh, those flaws, can they please give a clarification in terms of that? Then <clears throat> they are talking about future plans uh, dependent on financial viabilities and they need money from the private sector. Can we get a clear indication also, Chairperson, on how they're going to manage that? And, and and finalize that because we we need to see at least uh, I'm I'm a little bit uh, fine with the fact that there are continuous engagements between the two departments, but we need to see that uh, engagements and that uh, boardroom talks to ensure that uh, that the practicalities are being addressed. So, Chairperson, I want to know what is the, 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 the uh, current uh, engagements in terms of the, the to secure funding with the private sector. Then, Chairperson, when I look at uh, 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 the, 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 the issue of, of the parliamentary villages, I am glad, firstly, that as a recipient of... of, of uh, the first phase, uh, Chairperson, we did indicate that the, the 50 units that they plan per phase is too much. And uh, during the first phase, we indicated that uh, some of us were uh, moved from our or uh, went to the, 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 the flats for more than a year. So at least they, they, they listened to us when they... Uh, lowered that number of, of, of the refurbishment in the next phases. But when we look at the, the, the amount, uh, chairperson, of the 50 million currently being spent uh, against the 47% uh, progress, and the, uh, I would like to know, chairperson, do they envisage that they might overspend on the budget, or do they see that, uh, or do they think that they would be in line? With, with, uh, in terms of the budget. So, <clears throat> a chairperson, sorry for that. I'm, I'm just worrying uh, a chairperson in terms of the, the preferences of, 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 of some individuals in terms of what they want, like the, the baths versus the showers. Can they give an indication of how many units are affected by this personal preferences and how that would impact 
uh, in future because we know it's not individuals' own uh, uh, properties that we are talking about. Then, Chairperson, when we look at the prefabs, <coughs> we, we know that uh, it's not part of this project. So what is the, the, the uh, um, outlook in terms of the, the prefabs? How are, are they going to deal with it in terms of, of only also addressing that as a matter of urgent, uh, urgency? And that, then, Chairperson, I would like to know that in terms of alternative building methods, do they... Uh, consider it in terms to, of, 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 of fast-tracking the, the refurbishment or the, the establishment of, 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 of new uh, uh, buildings instead of the prefabs. Then, Chairperson, in terms of the intercom system, I want to know if that's also part of this uh, project and how are they dealing with it. Then, Chairperson, the course mentioned in the presentation are far too broad and not broken into subsets that provide detail to check on value for money in terms of our oversight role. So I also want to know which PSPs are responsible for which category of works, which of the PSPs are the main contractors, which are subcontractors, what are the grading of, of, of those PSPs? And at which category of CIDB grading are PSPs, uh, these PSPs? Uh, so, uh, Chairperson, also in terms of the socioeconomic report, I want to know, Chair, as, we, uh, as much as we value the, the, the impact in terms of addressing unemployment, even though it's in small numbers, we know, that we are valuing it, uh, we, but we need to know what is the triple B double E certification in terms of the contractors, and also chairperson in terms of 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 those people, uh, especially EPWP uh, people that's been uh, used. Uh, are they going to? Uh, we know it's a transfer of skills, but. Uh, would that mean then that those individuals also receive certifications in terms of further being uh, employable? I think I'll pause there, Chair, to allow others also to participate. Thank you very much. I was about to ask you to please pause. Um, Honourable members, we'll have the second um, uh, round for questions. Uh, please ensure that we do have the time that the department can respond. Um, Honorable Suisa. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, Chair, can I keep my video off? I'm worried about network where I am. Uh, Chair, I'm going to start with the telecom towers. Uh, I want to know what are the financial implications in the whole process whereby we are bit, they are busy uh, uh, upgrading or refurbishing telecom towers it's still under construction after such a long time and at the same time they have to pay for rentals where subs is, is occupying buildings that they are utilizing and I want to find out is the delay because of the contractor or because of the department because chair when I listened to the presentation that has been done there was a timeline as to what needs to be done when. So I also need to find out 
when these timelines were done, was there a meeting between the department and SAPS so that they can outline what is their priority? Because now they had to deviate because of SAPS needed a certain building to be finished at a certain time because of, and it was delayed because now they had to wait for the constitutional court outcome as to whether they can do that or not. And then one of the reasons that I've I've picked up in all of the projects, all of them, not only telecom towers, all of the projects, you'd find that there's always disruption caused by the public. And I want to ask a question that was the public participation whereby the public was informed that this is the project that's going to happen. Uh, there is an opening for employment, even if it's a temporary employment, where the people around informed as to what's going to happen, when is it going to happen, how much is the budget, in order to avoid uh, delays that have been caused by public disruption. And we are always told about the lockdown and COVID, and because already when we went there, In 2020, if I'm not mistaken, already the project was already on delay. There was the the, the project was not where it was supposed to be. And now we are going to be told about three months of lockdown. There was no material that was found and all of those things. Because we are talking about material that's that's expiring after 50 or 60 years. So why did the contractor not buy in bulk and be able to move on? And then when you come to the private sector, uh, I think Honorable Fonskal Bick has, 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 has pitched on that. But can they all can they specify when they say private sector? What they do, what do they mean? Who are they referring to? And how much are they expecting from the private sector? They spoke about the one million rents. From where is the one million rents uh, coming to the parliamentary villages? I thought that the project was continuous. All the villages are going to be done at the same time because the budget is out. So what are the reasons that inform that the project must be taken one village at a time? Because whether you do it continuous or you do it piece by piece, the amount is still going to be the same. And it's also going to promote that more people can be employed and then the project can be finished on time in all three villages without having to say this one is priority and the other one is not priority. Uh, some members are not satisfied, unfortunately, about the refurbishments that they, 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 they saw in their houses. Some of them have indicated that it's actually wasteful expenditure, whereby very, uh, very usable cabinets were removed. They were in good conditions and they were replaced. What are the reasons for replacing something that can still be utilized? And then coming to when we started this, the thing of parliamentary villages and people being moved out, we were told that I don't know what's the, what's the correct word to use, but I would say I would refer to it as a temporary structure, the houses that some of us are staying in. We were told those houses are going to be demolished. And then at a later stage, we were told that those with solid bricks are going to be refurbished. And how much is being spent in these houses that were originally were supposed to have been demolished? How much are being spent when it comes to maintenance? I'm going to make an example about the house where I'm staying 
it had to, every time the toilet is blocked or the toilet is leaking, the other day they had to replace the geyser. Uh, what were the reasons to inform that the houses must be given a facelift? Because you can't give a car a facelift whereby the engine is not working. So for now, those are my only questions, Chair. I'll wait for the response and maybe go for a second bite. Thank you, um, Honorable Suisa. Honorable Hicklin. Thank you so much, Chair, and thank you for the presentations. Um, starting with Telcom Towers, I saw a uh, something that really touched on the nerve for me of what is lacking in both the projects relating to the Telcom Towers and relating to the parliamentary villages. And it was a mnemonic TFM, Total Facilities Management. And I think that's one of the things that's very lacking in the Department of Public Works. We do not have a total facilities management concept that runs through any of the projects. If we go back to the BDO report, one of the reasons that the report was commissioned was because of complete and utter inability to look at a project from beginning to end and know how long or being able to estimate how long a project was going to take. And therefore we have these cost estimates that go completely off the wall. If you have a look at how much the overrun has been on the telecom towers, it runs to billions of rands because of an inability either by the contractor or by the DPWI to estimate correctly on how long a project is going to take. Exactly the same is happening with the facilities, the management of the um, refurbishments in the parliamentary villages. And that comes down to appropriate facilities management, both of the telecom towers and of the, of the refurbishments in the in the uh, parliamentary villages. And the cost overruns on the telecom towers is linked to this ridiculous amount of money that we're paying on leasing other buildings while we are totally unable to fix the telecom towers within the specified time of the contracts. And I totally share what Honorable Sharon Franz Galtweg was saying about we were given a specified time in which the contract was going to be run from 2015 to 2016 when the contract was signed, 2018 when the site handover took over, 2019 when the contractor was appointed. These are years. They are not months or weeks. They are years between the time when a contract is signed and a contractor is actually appointed. And, and this leads to contract overruns and money that is just washed down a drain. Um, we were told that we could go and do an oversight. And I'm imploring you, um, Chair, can we please go and do an oversight? We are being told we can go and do an oversight on Telcom Towers North. Well, let's go and do that oversight on Telcom Towers North, because I think that was the building that we saw in 2019 when we first came into office. Um, and it was just a shell with absolutely nothing to see. Uh, we are supposed to have a complete, um, completely 
six six phases were supposed to have been ready by now. I'd like to go and see that Telcom Towers North to see actually how far it is because it's great on paper, but I'd actually like to compare the photographs that I took in 2019 with my own eyes and see how different it is now. Turning to Acacia Park, when you say that you're still battling to get security clearance on many of the contractors. I have a tremendous amount of trouble understanding this. You are going to have a facilities management contract that runs out at the end of 2019 or 2020. You must have an idea that you're going to have to get new contractors to come in. You've got a year in which to call for those contracts. So start early, get your ducks in a row, and then get your security clearances for the six months leading up to the awarding of that contract. It cannot be so difficult for you to get clearances for the people who are going to be working because you know you're going to be awarding the contract to Mary Jane's construction company. Therefore, you get your contract workers lined up in advance. So I have tremendous problems being unable to understand why you can't get these facilities management contracts sorted and therefore the security clearance sorted. And these directly impact the kind of services that we have in the parliamentary villages that we are currently facing. The horticultural side, for example, let alone the refurbishment, um, the parliamentary villages look dreadful because we don't have workers, contract workers, who are on site because they haven't got security clearance. Mr. Sazoni, you know that so many of the, re of the prefab buildings that are in Acacia Park, as an example, are too close to the power lines. That is injurious to the health of the parliamentary members who are living in the houses close to those lines. These are the first houses that should have been demolished before you looked at refurbishing the uh, brick structures down in the E block. And yet we've had a complete reversal of what's actually happened in the parliamentary villages. I think that we haven't, we haven't looked at it correctly. I'll go to the second bite. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Um, thank you, uh, Chairperson. Can I close my video? Okay. Uh, In terms of my, you were supposed to be after Honorable Grammarie, but you can start if Honorable Grammarie oh, want to have a challenge. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. My apologies, Chairperson. <laughs> okay. Honorable Grammarie, you, oh, okay. you don't have a challenge, ne? Honorable Grammarie. No problem, Chair. Okay, okay. Then continue uh, on the camera. Uh, on the camera. Uh, yes. yes. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, I wish to uh, um, appreciate the the two presentations. Safe to say that um, sometimes uh, it's 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 a failure. Uh, or oh, it's a futile exercise when we do the oversight, but we cannot 
a show of it. Uh, the delay with the telecom towers, I think I will join my uh, other colleagues on knowing how much exactly are we talking about in terms of the overrun. Um, and the, who is questioning the the contractors overheads here? Um, the issue uh, of the SAPS, the department, and the ultimate or continuous demands, I am not sure as to what happened during the, the design uh, stage because I would have thought that they would have uh, shared whatever uh, in the floor plan so that nothing uh, comes in bits and pieces uh, from the side of the, the SEPs. Um, I, the, the time span that has been uh, um, uh, spent on this, uh, this project I'm just thinking, if if this was a new building, it would have been complete by now. If we, this was the building that was started uh, uh, from the scratch, the issue on both uh, presentation chair, I don't seem to get the sense of where is the JV. Are we talking only about subcontractors, uh, subcontracts, subcontractors only? I don't seem to find anything about the JV. I'm saying this because I know that in one of the national departments here in KZN, the one of the agents, I know that they have made it a, an obligation to say, if you want to do the job with us, come with the JV agreement that is already in place, then we can uh, uh, give you an opportunity. Because if you're talking about the subcontractors, they are at the mercy of, of the main contractor. We don't even know, for starters, how much are they making? Are they able to satisfy the, the labor that they, they employ as well? I also not seem to get the sense or indication about the, the graduate uh, engineer program on both this, because I, I think because of the problem that we have with the engineers not registered, etc. how are you questioning them uh, in order for them to get the registration and order for them to get the necessary uh, uh, expertise uh, on, on site? Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Shabalala. Uh, you are the only one so far who has not uh, exited the five minutes. Um, Honorable Graham Mara. Thank you, Chair. Please forgive me. I am going to keep my, my camera off. Um, Chairperson, uh, just with respect to the first presentation, I've just got a couple of questions. Um, on the slide where um, they listed the various projects um, and the phases that, they, that they're going through, um, under phase six, they've got Somerset House, and then they've got the central building. Next to that, um, in terms of the um, the grade or the you know the um, assessment that they've done on it, it said condemned. 
Um, now, I'm curious as to why that remains on the phase if it is condemned and what, what they plan to do with respect to this building that is condemned. Are they going to knock it down? Um, because if it's condemned, then it's beyond repair. So I'm just curious as to, as to what will happen with that building. So that's the central building. Um, then with respect to the final account, um, the Auditor General flagged Telcom Towers last year in the AFS um, and listed that an amount of 872 million rand had already been incurred by the Telcom Towers project um, and obviously raised concerns with respect to that. Today, we've been told that the final account so far has been 159 million rand. Now, there's a substantial difference, and I do understand that some of the 872 million are additional costs that have been incurred, such as security, et cetera. But I'd like, I mean, 600 odd million is a massive, 700 odd million is actually a massive difference between 159 million and 872 million. So I imagine that part of that is for phase one, obviously, and the 159 is phase one. Um, but I'd like to know where the balance of that money has gone. Um, and then with respect to the um, ROTP um, model that they're looking at to fast track, I don't understand why they why this is being used as a pilot project because um, if, if this project has been signed off on and agreed to, there should already be funding mechanisms in place to cover the cost of this um, or it should have been budgeted for already because it's not like this um, happened last week and suddenly they're, they're stuck with a massive building that they've got to do and aren't quite sure where, they, where they're going to fund it from. So I'm curious as to why we're using the ROT model for this project particularly because it is on behalf of a client project. To me, the ROT model should be used for buildings um, where nobody's using them at the moment. Um, it's a building that we can possibly lease. So there are 2,029 buildings that are unoccupied. Surely that's where we should be using the ROT model so that we can refurbish those buildings and start generating income or providing those buildings to people that need them. Um, so what I wanted to know as well is with respect to this ROT model that they're looking to use to fast track and use private sector funding, how is this going to happen in terms of a procurement? What would the pro procurement procedures be around a project like this? Um, and are there, in terms of the triple PFA and other, and other funding um, legislation, financial legislation, um, are there mechanisms in place in the current legislation that we have that provide for something like this? Um, I mean, I understand it is a, a public-private partnership, but I'm just concerned because we're doing this on behalf of a client already. Um, DBSA is an implementing agent. DBSA is a facilities management organization. Why then are we looking at going to an alternative um, mechanism for this? Then also with respect to the total financial um, um, TFM, the total facilities management. Um, is there still a ceiling with respect to that, with respect to day-to-day -day maintenance, which is normally 100,000, um, where after it becomes a repair and refurbishment program? Will both of those programs fall under the TFM? In other words, will that facilities management body be responsible both for day-to-day -day maintenance and repair and refurbishment that exceed the maintenance threshold? Um, and how will the ROTP uh, play into this? In other words, if you've got a total facilities management project in place over the whole of Telcom Towers because of the investment, and I think that was what you said in the slide, then how would um, the ROT work? Because 
the facilities management follows from the ROT. Um, how would that then work? Would you have a separate one just for that building that is that is that has been um, included in the ROT um, project? Um, and then with respect to the parliamentary villages, um, I agree with what my colleagues have said with respect to the consultants. Are we getting value for money? I'm deeply concerned that we are spending an inordinate amount of on money on consultants. And if you look at the BDO report and you look at this feedback now, we've got massive extensions of time. We've got project um, overruns, and yet we're paying consultants that should be managing these processes. We need to determine what we are paying our consultants, what we're paying them for, and whether or not we are getting value for money in terms of the way our projects are being handled. Um, and then just finally on the repairs and maintenance that are being undertaken at Acacia Park in particular, first of all, some of my colleagues have, have commented that they're very happy with the work that has been done. Their places look very, very nice. Um, but one of our colleagues has raised an issue whereby he's saying there are minor issues on his house. And the department has come along and said, no, we need to refurbish. And he's saying you don't need to refurbish. You need to fix one little thing here, maybe scrape it down and paint it. Um, but they want to do a whole refurbishment. So are we monitoring what sort of work is being done by these by the contractors and that we are not spending money unnecessarily on projects that shouldn't be happening. And finally, what happens to the stuff that you remove from the houses that are being refurbished? So where they take out curtains and put in blinds, what is happening to the, we've got these magnificent silk curtains in our houses. Where are those going? What happens when there's one cracked tile and they replace an entire floor? What happens to the tiles that they, that they take out? So I'd like to know whether or not, again, we're not spending money unnecessarily on replacing things that don't need to be replaced. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Grandmare. Um, Honorable Marcelle, followed by Honorable Matebula. Thank you very much, Chair. Greetings to yourself, my colleagues, the support staff of the Portfolio Committee, CM, and uh, your entourage. <coughs> Chair, I I think my colleagues have covered some of the issues that I wanted to get into. But safe to say, Chair, let me start with the issue of the telecom towers. One, one is tempted uh, to ask uh, whether the department does get value for the money that they, 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 they spend in this uh, refurbishment. Do, do, do you think as the department, your processes are effective? Can you compete in the market world uh, in the manner at which you, you, you conduct your business? I'm raising this chair because we are given a process flow from 2015 up to today, uh, seven years later, we're still talking about the uh, the very same item that this conception started in 2015. The University of Mpumalanga, if I can give you an example, was established in 2014 with just two blocks. In 2019, when I became a student, and when, when it was established in 2014 with the two blocks, it had 169 students. In 2014, when I joined, it had 4, 000, more than 4,000 students. 
and a fully fledged university. At a particular time in 2018, they were opening a building, a new building, whether it was a library, rest, whatever. And that happened in about three years. Now, when you look at the department to refurbish a, a, a building, you, you, you talk about seven years. Had we got, had we used the department to build the investor of Malang, it would be at the conceptualization stage at this point. So I'm saying, Chair, the department uh, should be able to pull up their socks such that they, they are able to assist the government in terms of housing. Otherwise, if they, 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 they fail, they should be able to go out and get uh, the private sector to help them. <laughs> I don't want to dwell much on the issue of the parliamentary village chair, but I think uh, the department should move from a, a stage where it gives excuses every day. For, for example, chair, we, when you look at, uh, we're told that they'll start uh, with Laboria, once they're done with Akasha Park. And from where we're seated uh, in Akasha Park, there's about seven units which uh, they, the owners cannot uh, move such that they start. Why do you want to delay here when you can go next door and start working such that these things goes parallel? You, in the presentation somewhere there, we are told of the challenges, some of it is the security clearance. How long does it take to get the security clearance? Why are you not coming here to give us a progress to say, no, we had the challenge of security clearance, but this is what we've done. Uh, we spoke with the police, we we're able to, to fast track the process. And where you are failing, why don't we find a way of utilizing the systems that we have to to speed up uh, the process. You had planned, part of it is that you have planned to, to complete on the 15th. We are sitting today, you see that you cannot complete. You don't want to come out and admit that you're not going to complete and give probably a possible date. So you want us to ask you to say, since we have planned to complete this project on the 15th of June, and as we sit here, the 15th is next week. And clearly, you know you're not going to. You just want to put it in a romantic way that uh, we must see that you're not and such that we can ask the person. I don't think it's fair. As we prepare this presentation, if you know what you want to do, convince us, come to us and say to us, yes, indeed, we wanted to complete on the 15th and it's not possible. This is the new revised uh, date. So to me, we are not showing any commitment of agency in the matter. Chair, I think let me stop there because uh, I realize you come back uh, to such, such that one can, I'll, I'll come back in the second round. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, Honorable Marshale. Uh, Honorable Matebula. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Chair. Uh, my greetings. Uh, to you and uh, the staff and as well as the members. 
uh, the Honourable Members. Uh, well, mine is only two things I have been covered uh, by my colleagues uh, in most of the things that uh, I intended to uh, field questions on or to pose questions on. Uh, I see here that uh, the initial amount uh, for telecom towers was in a region of 144 million. And uh, that was an ex- estimation. But then it went up to 159 million, of which the 144 million was an estimation, as I said. Um, it's a, uh, I, I'm not so sure uh, reasons or reason was given, but I think it's not sufficient. I, I would want to wish the, the presenter uh, to kind of try and uh, cover uh, other reasons as to why it went to 159 million. And uh, there's one amazing thing Jay, that I have realized uh, especially in the public sector, that they started by making estimations. But in my experience working with the public sector, um, I have realized that uh, uh, in most cases, if not all, in all cases, uh, it doesn't happen that uh, the estimation is said to have been overestimated all the time is underestimated. So I'm not surprised when you see 144 million and uh, after then they have conducted, uh, you know, uh, assessments, further assessments, then you it goes up instead of going down. And to, when it comes to, uh, to the houses, in, especially in Akasha Park, uh, I can agree more with uh, my colleagues who say some of the uh, improvements that we made we made were kind of uh, improvements that we didn't need. It was in actual fact a, a waste of money. Uh, well, I just want to make an example of the house that uh, I occupy. Uh, you know, the only thing that they did, it was to, you know, one thing that I, I picked up, like, on the floor, which uh, for which uh, I think it was not necessary. The, the tiles in the whole house, uh, they are, like, uh, cream white. They changed in the kitchen one to be, uh, you know, the gray. When the cream uh, white color, had no problem at all. It was a tile which was of a quality, but they have they had to change that. For me, it didn't make a sense. And lastly, Chair, uh, I see the presenter speaks of uh, people who have been empowered sectors in our population uh, that have been empowered, specifically. Uh, he referred to to the youth, uh, but I, I haven't uh, seen that uh, as being uh, subcontractors, uh, you know, the employees, 
who are working on these three villages. Uh, you know, empowerment of women and people who are living with disability. Uh, can we be uh, showered with that information so that uh, we are able to understand where, um, you know, in future, uh, can we assist in terms of assisting other uh, groupings in our society uh, by empowering them if in this instance we're not empowered. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, um, Honorable Matebola. Uh, you are also, like Honorable Shabalala, you presented uh, your questions and comments within that allocated five minutes, other than all other members. Um, I think DJ and your team, uh, there, are, there are two issues that I would like to comment on. Uh, one, the issue of telecom towers. Uh, the report that was given, it indicates that um, uh, this project started in 2015, and now we are in 2022. Only one tower has been finished in seven years. Serious escalating costs. I think uh, DG, let's agree on this one. The department has failed South African people. Whether there is a collusion with the department and subs, whatever, so that they continue renting, but you are failing South African people. The, the Honorable Prime Minister said that a new project could have been started and finished. Honorable Marshall indicated that a university was built within that time and finished. And it's a top of the range university. And this time it's not a new building. It's an old building that needs to be refurbished, but only one part of it is finished in seven years. So it means for these four towers, we need 28 years. It, if it takes seven years to finish one tower, this is bad. This is seriously bad at the expense of the public mess. It, it is seriously bad. Yes, you are saying now there is a, um, you are, in fact, what you were presenting to me, I saw it as, as part of the uh, private sector funding that refurbish, operate, and transfer model. But, but, what I'm worried about is that these, these buildings are supposed to be the headquarters for SAPS. So if you are then saying that you will have a, a partnership with the private sector for a department that also needs a serious... Um, SAPS is not just like any other department. You would need a, a lot of... <clears throat> whether you screen even that private partner that you'll be dealing with, because there's a lot if you are talking about a headquarters of subs. So I don't know how you're going to deal with that, <clears throat> but I believe in Doba you are, you will, maybe you will do it, but the, the, the next um, 21 years 
for you to finish. It's not on. If you take only, if you not only, if you take seven years to finish one town. On the on the issue of parliamental refurbishments, I am also not happy. Um, I think TJ, Mr. Sazona, in Acacia Park, only in Acacia Park, you have prefabs. And these prefabs, they have a roof of asbestos. Asbestos that health-wise is not allowed to be used. There have been projects by government to ensure that it is removed in all, even in housing, in all. But where the members, the lawmakers are staying, public works is letting them stay in houses that have a roof made of asbestos. Even in this report, there's nothing that is talking about the demolishing of the prefabs. There is no, even saying that uh, the project that we have been uh, always hammering on as this committee, there is nothing in the report that says that project will start at this time. We are estimating that uh, at least uh, by June, okay, it's June now, at least by December 2022, we would have done the first phase of, of that project. There's nothing in the report that talks about that. So it, it, it then shows again that, uh, I don't know, if, if I may be very, very harsh, it means you don't care about the lives of those that are staying in those units. Maybe it would be better if then those people that are staying in those units, those that have stayed previously, then would come and then claim monies from government. Then maybe that's when you will then wake up and say, hey, this project is really necessary, more than the other projects that you have done. And it also shows that within this term, that won't be done. I am just not happy about that one. I think you need to really prioritize the issue of demolishing the units that have asbestos roof. Not to put paint, but demolish those units. Thank you. Over to you, uh, DJ and, and your team. Chairperson, thank you very much. And thanks to the honorable members for the questions that they have raised. Before I allow my colleagues to respond to some of the questions, allow me, Chair, just to respond to a few of the questions that have been posed. Uh, let me start first with Telcom Towers and uh, address uh, some of the uh, key matters that have been raised. Uh, the first one, Chair, uh, let me start where you left off uh, with uh, your assertion that uh, uh, clearly we have uh, failed uh, on this program uh, in as far as the duration of time it has taken us and also the cost overruns that have uh, impacted uh, on uh, this project uh, since inception. 
and its conceptualization in 2015 to where the tower, the first one was completed by April. Uh, Chair, we will not beat about the bush. I think uh, it's only uh, correct that we accept. If we do not accept that, then we would not be uh, prepared to correct what is uh, fundamentally wrong and to attend to that. So with that, Chair, I need to highlight uh, uh, also that uh, we do not uh, intend that the rest of the projects uh, in terms of uh, the cluster and buildings within that cluster at the telecom towers, that they would all take the same duration for purposes of going forward. Clearly, we, we have an obligation. We have uh, reviewed this ourselves. I've seen that we had lacked capacity from where go after the design process was done in terms of uh, the refurbishment in phase one. Uh, Chair, you would recall that uh, the department accepted that it did not have the capacity to manage this. We reached out to a state entity we thought had the capacity uh, to be able to run the program uh, within budget and on time. And uh, the Development Bank of Southern Africa, DBSA, was appointed as an implementing agent on our behalf to bring the capacity we had uh, correctly identified we did not have to manage uh, the project. As the chair is aware, uh, there were delays, there were challenges with the program. And uh, you may now be aware that we are now looking uh, in terms of the ROT model to the private sector. The advantage uh, of such a model of a PPP uh, would afford us the opportunity that whoever uh, enters and is appointed uh, to run the ROT, they would uh, bring their own uh, team. We would uh, hold them uh, in terms of the agreement and contract. We would agree with them with the clear expectation, Chairperson, that they meet those deadlines and live within uh, the budget that we have provided. Chair, in the nature of the construction industry, as the chair may be aware, and also the South African market in the main, uh, and this is what we are now tracking, uh, the quarterly survey done by the Statistics South Africa in terms of the construction and property index. In that uh, index, we look at several uh, of the sub-indices and we look at what is being tracked. Uh, and we also look at the volatility of price uh, of key inputs in construction, making the work of quantity surveyors quite a nightmare in our space. But we do ag admit, and I think I want to uh, immediately accept what has been raised and what even uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Honorable Member Marcelle had raised in this regard and uh, to indicate that no, indeed uh, the prices uh, hardly ever uh, go down. Uh, they, they always fluctuate and go higher. And this uh, is a, a challenge of having to place your faith uh, in what the quantity surveyor has done and the costings that we normally do attach to programs, our professional uh, companies have actually provided to us uh, as a basis for which budgets are sourced and uh, timelines are looked at. Uh, 
and several factors are put into being infected in. Uh, however, with poor project management, which we see it as an Achilles heel uh, with us, uh, is that uh, uh, those are not mitigated very well. And our projects always go beyond uh, the schedule. And with it, uh, the cost overruns uh, become uh, inevitable. So we, we, we are alive to that. And that's why we have decided that amidst all the challenges, and I want to also indicate that uh, uh, I know that Honorable uh, uh, Graham Mare has pointed out to the fact that uh, this project, when we conceptualized it, uh, certainly there should have been a budget allocation for it, and there should have been a, uh, approval of budgets attached to the project. Uh, in the real sense, uh, in as far as this is concerned, I agree with her and with a, a viewpoint that says because this is done for a, a standing government department, at land department that uh, will utilize this. The idea really has always been that uh, subs would seek to finance uh, this uh, refurbishment of the telecom towers. Uh, with the funding that is now currently dedicated towards paying rentals in private buildings where they are, and that with the diversion of these resources, uh, they would then be in a better position to finance uh, uh, their further works uh, in other phases. I must ask them to indicate that uh, the migration plan has not yet been signed by SAPS. Uh, which uh, indicates when uh, we would move from which building to which uh, of the available buildings in the complex, and also in terms of prioritization of what is to be done first. We have a scheduled meeting now, and we, have driv we are driving this with greater impetus, uh, and we have scheduled meeting on the 23rd, at which we believe after that meeting the migration plan must be signed. This will also free subs to be in a position to commit resources. And such committal of resources is what is necessary for us to begin and go forward in terms of uh, contract, uh, our contracting arrangements to ensure that service providers provide work. In this regard, Honorable Marais wants to know how are we going to make sure that uh, we the interface between the total facilities managers that are available now at, uh, at the Telecom Tower 1 and vis-a-vis -vis the ROT that in itself it has an inbuilt uh, total facilities management package. And what then do you do in those instances? I think the phase-out approach is what we will apply for the rest of the other buildings that are brought into the complex. They would come with the TFM as part of the uh, the operate uh, part uh, of the scheme. And ultimately, when the contract for the TFM expires at the, the Telecom Towers North, being the phase one, and that uh, that too is handed over for ROT with uh, the rest of what follows suit. And I think that uh, uh, with that phased out approach and with the incorporation of uh, all buildings within the clusters in the ROT, in the ultimate, and will assist uh, with what we are trying to to achieve in this regard. Uh, I must also ask them to indicate uh, the fact that uh, we, we are cognizant that the private sector appears to have better capacity and, and better uh, project management abilities uh, than us. And in so saying, I also wish to concede uh, to 
what has been raised by uh, Honorable Mashela, and his question was quite pointed to say that is the a department really competitive uh, market-wise, and uh, his uh, analogy of uh, the building of the university in Pumalanga is truly taken to heart. And I must indicate that we do consider that we do not think that we are in a shape to be that competitive. And it is for this reason we are looking at these alternative models uh, that uh, will involve uh, and source in the capacity where it exists. And uh, also more importantly, uh, to breach uh, the Chinese wall and the refrain that has always been there on the involvement of the private sector in as far as our immovable assets. And I think that we have breached that barrier. We are now uh, clear that uh, this is uh, where we should be going with this. And we are also quite uh, clear that the concept has now been presented before the retreat at cabinet by our minister. It has been well received and well uh, accepted. Work has been done uh, in this regard, and we, we are looking honestly at the uh, rollout of this within the current financial year, and we are looking at uh, uh, a clear program with the National Treasury. We have a scheduled meeting with them as well to finalize. We have been in talks with them about this uh, specific thing. We have agreed that we, the utilization of Regulation 16 Honorable uh, Grand Marais uh, is the best uh, a route uh, for this uh, and uh, that the framework is already covered and that also even further than that, uh, that our own supply chain policy as a department must now uh, explain uh, because there's a clause in the regulations that says that the accounting officer where it is impractical to procure via normal processes he may procure by other means. So the letter we have received from the Office of the Chief Procurement Officer's advice uh, guides us to say that our departmental policy must explain what this other means uh, would look like and that uh, they would give us, uh, if they agree, their concurrence with uh, what our policy would be saying and that is what we will then follow. And I think that from now, we are in the process of amending our policy to cover the ROT program. We have finalized the concept note. It has been approved and we are now at a stage where we are looking at the rollout and implementation. I must now address uh, uh, Chairperson uh, the issue pertaining to uh, the parliamentary villages. And I uh, wish to indicate that uh, when the original idea and concept of uh, the refurbishments needed to uh, take place, uh, the concept was uh, ventilated and together with uh, the management of parliament, uh, consultations uh, ensued uh, in this regard, including the nature of the refurbishments that needed to be done in the parliamentary villages. So this as a, as a concept uh, is a concept that was already accepted. There was also a view that said that the state of the houses and of members were not necessarily the same and therefore perhaps a differentiated approach could be undertaken. However, uh, this at the time of the consultation was not seen as a viable option because it was felt that uh, we will put other members in much more modernized uh, facilities than where others uh, are placed in what now would look like quite dated uh, 
houses and this and we already know the competition for allocation of houses particularly for mps and also for sessional officials where all the time because the uh, format and the layout of all of the properties are not necessarily the same and uh, other members express preference for different type of things and so on and we had sought to bring some degree of uniformity in approach and in terms of uh, finishings and uh, uh, appliances and everything that's been provided. So to that extent, I think this uh, has been the motivation of how we have arrived at where we are and where you find that uh, uh, we, we also have got to uh, refurbish and upgrade. The concerns raised about where refurbishments are not necessary but only minor repairs uh, needs to be done. I think that that we should look at, and uh, I think that uh, it's what I will sit down with the team and have a review of uh, the extent that, uh, to which this is an issue. And uh, this uh, would also compel me to uh, lead this team to go uh, on a side visit to all of these uh, villages to see where this is indicative that uh, we may be wasting money. If that is the case, honorable members, I can give the assurance that uh, the idea would be to stem that uh, off immediate and to, uh, to stop that from occurring. Uh, on the issue of uh, over-expenditure, uh, I think I'm going to ask DDG Mukhutu to respond to that matter. But of import is that uh, is the question raised by uh, honorable Franz Kalkvig, of whether we envisage further over expenditure on this. And we think that on the ROT, the risks shift significantly to the private partner who runs the project. They, we have to give them the latitude to uh, do what is necessary and to run and operate it and to refurbish it themselves uh, at own cost. And therefore, if there are cost overruns, I believe it will be for the account of the of the uh, operator and accordingly in this regard uh, we we then do not uh, envisage any further over expenditures if we go on the rot model for telecom towers and if we are supported to go uh, in that regard but in as far as are we envisaging over expenditure for the parliamentary villages i think that that uh, honorable Franz Kalvik, uh, i will ask uh, that uh, my colleague, Mr. Sazona, perhaps he should flight again the slide that indicates where in expenditure we are. Right now, we aren't uh, in a, a position where we are saying on the project we are overspending. Uh, however, I think he needs to give that assurance uh, that uh, there would not be uh, over expenditure going forward. Let, let me now uh, indicate that uh, I've noted what uh, uh, Honorable Hicklin has raised about uh, the irritations of uh, not maintaining the, the yards and the landscaping and everything related thereto and what uh, we need to deal with uh, of immediate. Uh, but I, I believe I've answered her, her concerns in as far as our inability to really uh, plan projects from start to finish and for uh, our inability to put all our ducks in a row. I think it's, it's what we have acknowledged, and uh, that's why we are employing the ROT as an effective model in the interim period while we address our capacity challenges. And I think that uh, we, we are looking more and more at the idea of insourcing capacity than actually attempting to build that capacity ourselves, because over the years it has proven that uh, 
it is becoming quite an elusive concept based on the nature of the skills required by a department of our nature and also looking at what the public service and the public press can actually afford. So we normally are not able to attract the best of the best within the market. And this makes uh, our competitiveness within the market also uh, quite suspect. Uh, if you allow me, uh, Chair, I will now hand over to my colleague Batumohotu to answer some of the other questions and then to allow Mr. Sazona also to answer what I have not covered in terms of the uh, changes that have been made uh, in as far as this is concerned. Thank you, uh, Acting DG. With respect to the, the concerns uh, raised around the the the, the particular phases um, uh, which are the six phases and one wants to start off by perhaps giving a a high view uh, uh, outline of uh, what was initially intended and uh, what then didn't transpire according to the original plan in terms of the uh, project uh, life cycle modeling the uh, investment analysis was then conducted on these uh, particular uh, <clears throat> complexes and the feasibility study was then done at some time in 2015. However, between the uh, 2015 and when the uh, commencement of, of works on the first phase, there was a time uh, gap where there were no uh, real activities uh, as far as the construction is concerned. And, and during that particular time of the uh, feasibility study, the, the, the attributed cost that uh, Honorable Graham Murray raised around the uh, Auditor General then comes into play where the facility was then uh, purchased and that information is um, shown in our slide number seven in, in detail. That when the project then commenced, it was only in April of 2019. And then we are accounting for, for, for that particular cost of, uh, of 159 as uh, outlined by Honorable Matebula of uh, the final account. And um, as the acting DG had then articulated that the cost between the 159 uh, and the uh, initial cost estimation that we normally receive by our, our, our quantity surveyors during planning. And as a, as a result of the delays incurred during the construction phase um, and the time factor of uh, uh, P's and G's uh, and other um, um, associated uh, costs. Um, that's why we have the differential between the 144, which was the, the planning, and uh, the 159, which was in the final account. And then when we then uh, outline uh, in relation to that, the um, associated timelines was that um, the, the phase one was delivered uh, December 2021, and then the uh, next associated uh, buildings, uh, uh, example, the IT buildings, we then committed on the August 2023. And um, the future uh, migrations uh, are then as a result of the ROT uh, um, strategy and the uh, delivery of that and the financial modeling is, is now uh, uh, in, in play as far as the ROT is concerned and the delivery model around the, the ROT. Um, 
<clears throat> then um, there was a, a concern that was raised around uh, uh, the issue of public disruptions in in, in project as uh, it, it was uh, outlined by honorable members uh, that um, the department has it, it taken a particular posture where a social facilitation framework has been uh, uh, developed and this has been taken through a number of of uh, uh, platforms and committees for endorsement we're at a point where we're in a piloting uh, a phase four for the social facilitation uh, component uh, of the department and uh, it will then be uh, rolled out um, across uh, all of our projects after the the piloting phase the the importance aspect about um, this is to curb the issues around communities where they they, they 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 have a desire to know about the projects we go in early we engage the communities about the plans that we have and the, the participation levels that we anticipate uh, the communities will have also uh, uh, including the issues around the smes and the business forums will also um, be socialized uh, before we go in as the the contractors um per se uh, Honorable Shabalala highlighted some um, uh, concerns around uh, uh, empowerment, particularly of young engineers. And we, we wish to also report to Honorable Members that this is also an element that is close to our heart. In the department, uh, we have uh, a program that we have embarked upon last year. We had uh, young professionals running about uh, 66 uh, projects which they have uh, done well through those projects and gained uh, a lot of experience. A majority of them uh, have uh, been registered uh, professionally. We even find that uh, uh, even companies in the private sector poach our 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 newly registered uh, professionals and then they go and work for them, uh, implying that the, the the effort that we are putting in as far as the competency levels. And they are acceptable, uh, and it's been recognized by, by the market itself. Also on the Telkom Towers, we are utilizing our in-house uh, professionals. They're guided by uh, this more senior uh, registered uh, uh, engineers to uh, address the issues of the designs and to prepare the uh, tender documentation accordingly. Through that, we are seeing a lot of growth um, in our young uh, professional program. Um, through the exposure that we are giving them. There was also a concern around the uh, agreements in relation to perhaps the the overall agreement between a, a main contractor and a, a JV and perhaps um, subcontracting that uh, when a, a tender is put together, uh, generally uh, the JV agreements are then formulated at that particular point uh, for different uh, strategies that uh, um, a particular contractor may have. Uh, uh, one of them may be the grading uh, that's required for a particular project may be uh, high for a grade eight and two grade eights may team together as a JV to form a grade nine. And um, and those uh, JVs are, are accepted by our procurement uh, um, regime. And what we, we then find in this particular project of Telcom Towers that we only had a main contractor and uh, we had a number of domestic uh, subcontractors that were then employed 
um, the uh, agreements are not necessarily that of a JV, but there are agreements in place between the main contractor and the uh, uh, subcontractors accordingly. There was also a concern around the central building, which is uh, condemned. We wish to highlight that indeed it's correct during the um, um, investment analysis that was done in 2015. Uh, it was then identified that the central building is in a bad condition, therefore cannot be uh, uh, utilized. Um, at, at, the, at this particular point, we, we highlight that we do not uh, intend on uh, doing any any particular work. We have not received any instructions around the central building um, by subs in terms of how uh, it needs to be dealt with. And um, uh, it's still there. We still show it as part of our original uh, assessments and um, the condition that we, we found it to be. Um, maybe I can pause here, um, Acting DG. I can um, uh, take uh, more, more questions if we come. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable DG. If I may, also uh, on the parliamentary villages, I will uh, start with the the first question that the DG has um, also alluded to, which was raised by Honorable Simisa, Honorable uh, Graham Marie, and Honorable Matebula on uh, the 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 changing of things that need don't need to be changed, and particularly issues that have been raised on issues of tiles. I just want to remind members that during the first phase of this project, when we have the 50 houses, one of the complaints that members who were going back to their houses raised was that uh, in some of the units we, we were changing just one tile and which that now doesn't uh, talk to the other tiles that are in the house. And uh, upon of investigation of some of these issues is that some of these tiles were installed about 10 years ago and you can't get the same similar tile. So then that necessitates that the contractor has to change the entire floor uh, so that the tiles can be the same tiles. So um, we, we, we are trying our level best. If you can't get the same tile, we are changing all of the tiles. Not necessarily that uh, it is, it is uh, changing things that are functional, but because we can't change one tile and leave other tiles not talking to each other. Uh, but I can also assure the members that uh, some of these issues were raised and, and brought to my attention, specifically Honorable Faber I, actually even invited me to his house for me to go and see if there is a need for the changing of things that uh, we have put on our specification. I've since that uh, then Honorable Members instructed the project manager and Kucha uh, and the contractors that before any uh, refurbishment takes place that they have to confirm the the, the, the refurbishment that will be happening in that property. And if need be, if there are minor things that, that needs to be changed, we don't need to, to do that. And I think that is the process that has been followed. And with regard to the matter that was raised to me by Honorable Faber, I requested that we do some work outside the house, which was kind of bad uh, that needed to be done. And he agreed with one of the minor things that needs to be done in the house. But once these matters are brought to our attention, we do take them into consideration and uh, and try to deal with them. But we are trying our level best to ensure that we don't replace things that don't need to be replaced. 
to respond to some of the issues raised by Honorable Franz Kalkberg. On the budget, um, as far as we're concerned, for now we are still on budget. We are 47%, uh, which is in line with the work that we are, we, we, we are conducting. We have, we have completed, which is 47%. We don't envisage any budget overruns at this stage. But I cannot, uh, if, if we have, I can foresee if we have a serious issue of members not moving and uh, that there can be some extension of uh, claims uh, from, the, from the contractor point of view. But as I said, we, we had a meeting with the chief whips. They are assisting us and we hope to meet the timelines of, of the project where there won't be any necessity for those extensions. Uh, the intercom system is part of the project. It, it, it will be uh, uh, conducted uh, uh, at the end of the project and make sure those intercoms are, uh, are dealt with. On the subcontracting, the PSPs, grading, and um, and and uh, the BE uh, documents, we um, request that, Chair, we submit this, this information in terms of the grading of the subcontractors and the, the, PA, the PFP. PSPs and also the uh, the uh, grading of the and the BE certificate of the contract. With the learners chair, uh, in my presentation, I've, I've I've tried to be explicit that we have 17 learners that will be certified and and 15 learners that will be certified through the TVET uh, colleges. So we do chair uh, our out of the uh, national youth uh, services, making sure that we could put them through a certification a certification uh, program. On the demolition uh, 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 chair, um, we, we are prioritizing the demolition and the building project. Um, there were some kind of delays on our side to implement this project. I fully agree with the members that uh, this is one other project we should have prioritized. However, chair, we all know when we started the renovation project at the DG, acting DG has also alluded on the consultation process we went through that this project uh, was also one of the red flag projects that we needed to do. It was delayed over a period of time uh, until the, 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 the current uh, uh, members, uh, the current uh, administration decided that let's do this project. Uh, we are going to provide, Chair, again to you the project execution plan. I, I, I do agree with the sympathy, the, with the issues that the, the, the Chair is raising, that we haven't put um, this project in this presentation. Our focus, Chair, as we were instructed, was to look at the renovation and don't uh, talk on the demolition. But we will provide the project execution plan um, uh, within within a week uh, 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 to the Chair and, and to the committee members. On the issue of, this, of the security clearance, Chair, we are doing everything possible on our side. We can actually only provide the information to the uh, to the SSA once the contractor has been appointed, or at least towards the end of the process of the appointment, once we have at least the three contractors that are the, the runners uh, to, to the bid. Unfortunately, we don't chair as a practice with SSA, provide all companies that are bidding. But then what becomes an issue chair here on this particular one specifically, it's not the contractor that is uh, don't have a security clearance are the subcontractors which the contractor will contract them after he has been appointed. So that process will take its time. 
and the uh, time limits for the security clearance it's about uh, it's about three months but we are working with uh, the state security agency with their own issues on their side to try to fast track this process there is nothing much that we can do other than making sure that we provide the necessary information required by ssa for them to conduct the the, the security clearance it has been an issue chair but i must say uh, despite those challenges um, they, they have been quite kind of helpful uh, because they have to deal with a number of, uh, of companies, not only with us as public works. But Chair, uh, to um, Honourable Hackling, we, I, I, I just wanted to explain that these are two uh, contractors that now we have the, the issue of security clearance. It's a refurbishment process, uh, uh, it's a refurbishment project, and also the total facilities management contract. Now, in line with the BDO report, uh, we have aligned our total facilities management contract with all other projects that we're doing in the parliamentary villages. If, for example, we will be demolishing the, the, the houses, we won't be paying for, for those houses in the t- total facilities management contract that we have just put in place in, in, in March. So we have aligned what was, was said, uh, with what, what was raised and suggested by BDO, to a point, Chair, that in the bill of quantities of the total facilities management contract, we have two bills. We have what we call the, the corrective maintenance bill, and also we then have the, uh, the, the preventative maintenance bill. That is exactly, Chair, what was required by the BDO, what was suggested in the BDO report, that instead of doing these haphazard maintenance uh, programs without linking that to the total facilities management contract might lead to uh, fruitless and wasteful expenditure because there wouldn't be a level of coordination. But we have done that, Chair, on this one, uh, on this contract, where we have those two uh, uh, bills, which is the corrective maintenance, which will be looking at things that needs to be done on the planned maintenance program and things that we need to do at, on the preventative uh, maintenance, which is unscheduled maintenance. Um, I, I think Mr. Makutu has dealt with the issues of the JV um, instead of the subcontracting of how we operate, Chair. Um, I think um, if there are any other questions, Chair, I will, I will take them on the second round. I think I've, I've dealt with some of the questions. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, um... Uh, thank you... Mr. Batu, thank you, Mr. Sazon, for these uh, responses. Um, Honorable members, uh, as I indicated earlier, we will have the second round of questions. Uh, for now, I don't know whether it's a legacy hand. It's Honorable Hicklin. Um, it's, who has raised, it's a new hand. It's not a legacy hand, Chair. It's, uh, it, it's just a suggestion for me. We are the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure. One of our entities is the CBE, the Council for the Built Environment. Surely the CBE would be the most logical place for us to look for people to whom we turn when we need subcontractors. Surely the CBE will be the obvious place that we would go when we want to get people 
to assist us um, in the construction or the refurbishment of of entities under our control. Why are we not making use of the people with whom, for whom we exist as a department? It's just a question. But thank you, Mr. Sazona and Mr. Moemi for answering the questions that you have done. That was just an observation from my side. Um, and I just want to echo your sentiments, Chair, about the asbestos roofs on the houses in the parliamentary villages. I live in a house that has an, an asbestos roof, as you do, Chair, and it is a concern. Thank you so much. Thank you, Honourable Hicklin. Um, as, as I was saying that, uh, do we have any other hands for the second round uh, of questions? Uh, do we have any other questions? Okay. Well, then uh, it's uh, Honorable Suisa. Honorable Suisa, over to you. Thank you, Chair. I'm not sure if my questions have been answered, Chair, that I've asked. I've tried to listen in between. So I'm, I'm not sure if they were, they, were, uh, they were answered. So I don't know, maybe the presenters can tell if they've answered them, because I tried to listen in between to find out if they were answered, but I haven't ticked any one of them off. Thank you, Chair. Um, uh, thank you, uh, Honorable Suisa. Um, the DM would like to join the meeting, uh, as we all know that uh, she was uh, also responding to questions from the NCOP Select Committee. Uh, um, can our host uh, allow her to join? Uh, apparently, she is in the lobby. Um, I don't see her in the waiting room, Chairperson. Okay, maybe she's no longer there. Um, I think DG, uh, Honorable Suisa, is saying that uh, her questions were not responded to. Oh, no, no, no. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable TM. Uh, thank you. Can 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 we respond to Honorable Sumisa's questions, or okay. if we would like her to maybe again uh, raise them, we would ask her if you, maybe you did not capture them well. I I I think we had attempted to answer, but not directly. I, I guess perhaps let's try to do that for her. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, she, she she had asked. Uh, she wanted to know. The financial implications uh, of uh, our work on the telecom towers, whether we are now going to require additional resources, and uh, if so, uh, for what purpose, because there was already funding uh, allocated in this regard. And uh, I need to indicate that, yes, indeed, for phase one, the funding was allocated, and uh, it's what has been presented and which has been ventilated. And whether we would require additional funding, yes, in terms of the originally envisaged model of uh, implementation, the funding needed to come from SAPS uh, in order to actualize this project. I had already 
uh, well answering what uh, Honorable uh, Graham uh, uh, Mare had raised uh, to also indicate that uh, we have now reverted and opted for ROT, but initially we had sought to finance uh, this by the savings that we would uh, obtain uh, from uh, no more leasing from the private sector directly, but there has been a challenge with synchronization by when SAPS wants to move out. For instance, if I can just give an example, which uh, Mr. Mkhotu had provided of the Opera Plaza where uh, we and subset management level agree that we need to migrate them by this time to the telecom towers. And uh, the uh, officials, uh, this is a building used by the Hawks, and some of the officials do not move out at the date of they're supposed to move out. They say uh, the move at that specific time is very disruptive to them and to the cases they are taking to court and all of that. As a result, uh, we continue with uh, Opera uh, plaza for some time uh, because they are still stationed there uh, despite us having exchanged correspondences to say would move. This has impacted negatively not just that but a number, a serious number of uh, areas of alignment between us and SAPS about migration. So the issue of migration uh, and the migration agreement is what we are now insisting that SAPS needs to sign. Uh, we will need to sign that agreement with clear timelines and dates as to which of the sections from which of the list out buildings we're going to have to uh, migrate them and uh, in which order and in what order of priority and to which of the buildings. And this will now pave way for that. The other issue that uh, Honorable Suisa had raised was the issue of uh, the delay whether this delay was uh, directly a result of the departmental uh, issues or was it because of the contractor? Uh, I think it is both, uh, and I think I must answer it that way. There were delays when DBSA was handed over the project and the DBSA appointed contractors, and those contractors experienced some delays uh, in the completion of the works, and we have noted that in the at out work and uh, this matter was ventilated at the meeting of the portfolio committee in May la last year and uh, we had uh, committed that uh, thereafter it would be brought to practical completion and uh, interventions were made and it was brought to practical completion albeit uh, beyond the timelines that it was supposed to. But there were also delays that uh, we could attribute those to the department and uh, this largely, if you recall, around the planning phases and in us getting the agreements and confirmation of uh, funding with SAPS, uh, the process took a bit longer than it was originally anticipated and thereby uh, bringing further delays to uh, the commencement of the program. And so if the question is uh, uh, directly who caused the delay, I would say that uh, uh, both uh, our own actions with SAPS as well as those uh, attributable to the contractor. And so I would say it is both. Uh, and then she, she also raised the matter that uh, some members uh, are unhappy, uh, particularly about uh, the work that is being done at parliamentary uh, villages, and that uh, she wanted to know why are we removing the things that really work and why are we replacing, she made an example of cabinets, uh, that she says, why are we removing such things uh, 
when they are perfectly in good working order and why we're not just replacing what is no longer okay. Uh, and I thought that when I was answering uh, generically uh, to the idea of the evolution of how we arrived at a point where we say we do total refurbishments and uh, the consultations that had uh, ensued with uh, the management at parliament, uh, that uh, it, uh, I had attempted to answer this. But clearly, I think that uh, uh, she would have preferred a, directly, a direct answer in that regard. And she also asked, uh, wh what do we do with all of these things that we, we are taking out? Where, where are they? Uh, I think Mr. Sazona can confirm, but uh, when I inquired the last time, I was informed that uh, this uh, indeed uh, there is uh, stores and some of the things of prestige uh, from uh, the uh, prestige uh, state prestige program are in our stores and uh, those that uh, are disposable like uh, damaged things and so on they are disposed in terms of the departmental disposal policy uh, in this regard and and she also wanted to know really at what cost are we doing this refurbishment she she, she wanted the specific breakdowns which i thought that now in the second round mr sazona had uh, succinctly uh, answered that part. I would not know, uh, Chair, if there's still anything that we have not provided a direct response to other than this uh, specific uh, five things I've pointed out to. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Acting DJ. Uh, I think I think we have uh, captured and, and responded so well uh, to what Honourable Suisa raised. Um, oh, uh, Mr. Sazona also wants to say something. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Through you, Chair, uh, there was also one question from Honourable Suisa that why are we not doing all the three villages at the same time? Um, we do them in, in phases. Uh, uh, the, the the response there, Chair, purely on the issue of uh, the availability of the decanting uh, um, accommodation. We only have th 50 flats that were available at the time, so we couldn't decant everyone uh, and do all the parks at the same time. So we had to do this through a phased approach. Uh, Acacia Park, which had uh, which was kind of a bad, uh, we had to start with it, Chair. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Sazan. Um, honorable members, oh, DM, any final words? Oh, thank you, thank you, honorable chair, and uh, thank you, honorable members. I think, uh, in as much as I had to join the other portfolio committee, uh, I mean, the select committee. Coming back to the portfolio committee, I am picking up uh, as the engagements um, were unfolding, the concern around the time uh, taken, especially with the telecom towers move. And I, I want to share the concern with, with uh, as displayed by the uh, honorable members, that indeed there's no running away from the fact that this project has taken too long. And um, it is against that background that uh, even the portfolio committee on uh, 
safety, the, the, the police called our department together with the with with the with the minister and the minister of police to the portfolio committee. And out of the engagements there, there were timelines and decisions uh, taken, which both ministers committed uh, the officials to, and both the ministers committed themselves on monitoring the progress thereof. I know that um, uh, some there's a meeting scheduled for next week uh, for both Minister of Police and Minister of uh, Public Works and Infrastructure for, for, for them to receive a progress update. One must uh, indicate that uh, it has been more of a case of public works blaming police and police blaming public works for far too long. And hence now the approach is to bring the two together uh, under the supervision of the two ministers in the same meeting so that this this uh, game of one pointing to the other and one trying to defend um, oneself uh, where we say in isi kosa omnyu kombo omnyu solak we we need to get out of that mode and deal with the issues and hence again the approach that says when subs does not have money let us look at other means because the project has already been started the agreement has already been uh, agreed to to move what we now need to do understanding the fiscal constraints as well as the subs budget uh, or budgetary limitations we do need to ensure that the project in itself is not compromised and therefore um, we need to uh, ensure that the the rot the refurbish operate and transfer approach is speedily uh, uh, implemented um, and hence the meeting of the two uh, ministers with the the uh, um, accounting officers. I, I, I thought I needed to do that because now they need to ensure that the foot is not removed uh, from the pedal and the eyes are not removed from the road uh, as, as we move forward. There is that uh, commitment and acknowledgement. Um, I, I, uh, that's one area I thought uh, we, we, we needed to, um, in order to give comfort to the, the, the honorable members for them to understand that we, uh, we, we, we now have really taken charge and control of, of the project and the timelines that have been agreed upon will not be compromised. Um, but let me appreciate again the engagements because they also give us time to look at other areas that might have been blind spots as we, as we move forward. Uh, we take note uh, of the concerns raised 
And thank you, Chair, for the opportunity. Thank you, thank you, thank you, TM, um, uh, for these uh, closing words uh, on the responses from the department. I think Mr. Bato did allude to the fact, in fact, you know, the timelines of the meetings of the two departments and the meeting of the management of the DPWI. Uh, I think one of the meetings is on the 10th. Um, and another meeting, uh, 23rd and all that. But we, we really appreciate that there is, there is a commitment uh, to ensure that uh, the towers are finished. Not within what we have seen, that is the first tower from uh, 2015 to 2022, that is within seven years. Um, let me appreciate um, the contribution and the, the probing questions that have been raised by the members uh, in this meeting, which show their commitment to ensure that where there are public funds spent, there is value for that. And also that they are here as public representative. They have to play their oversight role uh, in ensuring that whatever that is done by the department it is done above board. Um, uh, we appreciate, uh, Mr. Sazona, your commitment in saying that you will provide us with information um, of when the project that, that talks to demolishing the units that have asbestos roof. Uh, we, are, we are really looking forward to that. We can't be, as the people that are lawmakers, also be the culprits this time that uh, uh, promote that people should stay in units that have asbestos roof. That one is, is, is not on. But we appreciate your contributions and your presentations and your responses. They shed some light on some things that had at least a little bit of gray area. We will always do this because we want to ensure that this department performs optimally. Um, I think uh, Honorable Hicklin raised an issue of CPE. We have raised this before. There is a GRIMA SA, which uh, talks to innovations, uh, even building innovations. We were there, we saw an alternative of building houses without using the normal brick uh, that we know. So I think whatever that you'll be doing, Mr. Sazona, I think uh, using some of those innovations would be the best way of advertising that there can be houses that can be built without using the ordinary brick. And I think public works is one of the departments that has to showcase that through its own uh, um, properties as the one that we are currently staying in, which is Akashia Park. Thank you again, um, honorable members, um, for your always progressive uh, inputs in the meeting. Thank you, DM and uh, Acting DG and your team for the responses uh, in all that we're doing today. Uh, the meeting is adjourned. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you.
Danke. Tschüss.